This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Tech Guide episode 416. Hello and welcome to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech. And a big welcome to any first-time listeners. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, the new screen technology that we will see in future smartphones. Samsung has announced pricing and availability of its Galaxy Z Fold 2, and we'll also be talking to Samsung Vice President Gary McGregor all about it. Apple has released a humorous video about privacy to make a point, and this week's Celebrity Tech interview is with Channel 9 and 2GB journalist and presenter Deborah Knight. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Samsung Galaxy Buds Live earphones that look nothing like earphones. Sennheiser CX400 BT, they do look like earphones, and we all road test them as well. And eBay Australia is celebrating its 21st birthday, and we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Foldable smartphones are very becoming a more popular item. We're going to be talking about the Samsung Galaxy Fold Z2 in a minute, and we're also going to be talking to Gary McGregor, who's the head of Samsung Mobile in Australia. But there has been some other screen technology unveiled, and in particular from a company called TCL. Now, you've probably heard of TCL. They are a very well-known TV brand and more recently have also gotten into smartphones. We reviewed a few weeks back the TCL 10 Pro uh, and the 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 10L as well. So two smartphones, but they are also well-known for their TVs. But also what they are most famous for is their display technology. Uh, and we've seen this in their televisions, of course, the, the, the technology that they've brought also to their TCL smartphones uh, also have all that secret source of their display technology. It's called Next Vision. That's also contained in their smartphones as well. So they are really leveraging their strengths across their product lineup, their TVs, their smartphones. And just further to their display technology was a brand new screen technology that they unveiled at IFA. This is the tech trade show that I would normally be at in Berlin. Uh, the physical show is very, very limited, so it was mainly a virtual tech event. And TCL held their little press conference. They announced uh, a couple of new tablets, some affordable tablets. They've also announced a smart watch, which is aimed at seniors. But they also uh, included some concept technology that they showcase. One of them being some new display technology. The first one they they showed off was a, a technology called Next Paper. This is a new type of screen technology, more like e-ink technology. So anyone anyone who's ever read uh, a Kindle, an e-reader, they're familiar with this type of technology. It's black and white though. It it is looking look like looking at the printed page. So there's no backlight. It is no glare. The battery lasts a long time. Well, take that concept and add color. So this e-ink screen, which can be used for larger screens like tablets, has virtually no reflection, no glare, 
yet still represents all these colors, has that finish like a printed page and uses 65% less power than a traditional backlight, backlit screen. Now, with a backlight screen, the other issue with a backlight is the blue light. So if you're looking at this before bed, it could interrupt your sleep pattern, and there's that issue. But with Next Paper, that is not the issue at all. Now, the other more interesting, in my opinion, screen technology is their rollable display. So here's a technology that is almost like a scroll. So a rollable display, you can roll it up. You remember a couple of years ago, LG released a rollable TV. This was an OLED panel that just came up out of a cabinet, rolled up until it was the size, until it was fully, fully, uh, fully deployed, and then once you finish watching it, it rolled back into the cabinet. So keep that in the back of your mind. This is a similar technology, the TCL rollable display, but in the form of a smartphone. So we are going to talk about a folding device from Samsung, the Galaxy Fold Two. And its basic concept is screen on the front, un- open it up, unfold it, and you get a bigger screen inside. This rollable display offers the same the same outcome. So smartphone when you need it, and then a tablet when you need it. But in this instance, with a rollable display, all you need to do is to grab the right edge of the smartphone and pull it to the right, and that will then release the the rollable screen until it's fully extended to its full tablet size so that comes up out of the chassis of the phone and then you're looking at a larger screen then when you're done you simply push it back in again that screen then rolls back inside the chassis and you're back to holding a normal smartphone again now the advantage of that over a foldable display is a fold is a would, would create a bigger device whereas this rollable display it rolls in and sort of maintains the same the same form factor as a smartphone. So really clever technology. This is uh, just just incredible how you can go from phone to tablet just by simply it's like a scroll. You scroll it out and then roll it back in again, and then you're left with a regular screen size. Really interesting. But on the fold, let's talk about the Galaxy Z Fold. This is Samsung's latest device. Uh, They've just announced the pricing and availability of the Fold 2, the Galaxy Z Fold 2, I should say. Galaxy Z is the new folding folding category for, for Samsung. They've got the Galaxy S series, Galaxy Note series, and the Galaxy Z series is for their folding devices. And I've got to say, I've already got this for review. I haven't used it long enough to give you my full review, but uh, that's coming next week. But this is a really premium product. It has a 6.2-inch screen on the front and then opens up to reveal a 7.6-inch tablet-sized display inside. So again, you're getting a two-in-one here. You're getting a phone and a tablet. So the front screen, which is now large enough to do a bit more work on it. The last year's model had a 4.6-inch, was fairly unusable in terms of messaging, and I had to open up the phone the whole time. With the 6.2-inch, I find that it's a much easier to use it for those basics, messaging, answering calls, looking up things quickly. But then the inside screen is used for multitasking, viewing your content. Uh, remarkable device. And again, I'll tell you about that in, in more detail in my review in next week's episode. But for now, uh, they've announced Samsung have announced the pricing of the Galaxy Z Fold 2. It's $2,999, which 
Yes, it's a lot of money, but you're getting a lot of phone, but it's also the exact same price as last year's model. So it hasn't gone up in price. It's stayed the same price. And it's uh, open for pre-orders uh, from September 9 and will officially go on sale on September 25. So you've got a, a couple of weeks to get to start saving up the pennies for the $2,999 Galaxy Z Fold 2. Now, we, we got uh, Gary McGregor, the Samsung Vice President in charge of mobile. Uh, he joined us to talk about the Galaxy Z Fold and how it would be ex- expected and accepted, I should say, by the Australian customers. And here's what he had to say when we caught up to him a couple of days ago. Gary, great to chat. There's exciting news uh, on the horizon. The Galaxy Fold 2 uh, will soon be with us. Tell us about it. Thank you, Stephen. Appreciate the time. Yeah, we're, we're super excited about the, the Fold 2. It's it's the next generation after the original fold that we launched just about a year ago and we've essentially taken all the feedback that we had because that was the first generation of products we're now on third generation after the z flip in the middle and we've uh, we've ironed out all those issues in the feedback so you've now got uh, incredible screens on both the front and the inside 6.2 inch and 7.6 inch screen got an incredible camera and the ability to multitask like no other and it's yeah i think a lot of excitement thus far is around functions like flex mode where it can stand alone as a device the hinge is now supported and it will help you achieve what you need to achieve sure how how much did you derive from customer feedback for for this, the next model. I know the first, the first version was was fairly well received, but how how much feedback do you guys, as Samsung, accept from customers when you're looking at the next model? In this instance, because we were creating a new category, it was a significant amount that, that came back from from customers, and it was it was also from uh, from media like yourselves as well. And that feedback, I can promise you, every review that was was written was uh, analysed by our research and development teams. People internally, when they've been using full devices, don't tend to go back to other products as well. So we all had ideas on how we could do it. But yeah, the the mainstay of the feedback and the reason our R&D teams worked around the clock was because of customer, customer feedback from key markets and key markets, and we're very fortunate in Australia in that we are, we are one of the, the top-ranked markets globally. We might be small in terms of population, but in terms of premium and smartphone sales, we are we're well and truly up there and punch above our weight. So that gives us a voice at the table. Sure. You mentioned the Australian market and how we are seen as one of the one of the most more advanced in the world. What is the state of the Australian market? I know we've had the COVID pandemic and the economy's taken a bit of a battering. I understand Gartner figures recently showed that the smartphone sales are down as much as 20% worldwide. What What's the yep. state of affairs here in Australia? And is this the right time to be releasing a new Fold 2 that's, that's $3,000 smartphone? Is this the right time? It is. Let me let me take each one of those in turn. So what's happening in the, the market? You're right, the Gartner figures and where we are in Australia is no no different. So the overall market is down around 20%. Our, our sell-out numbers aren't anywhere there. We're uh, significantly less than, than that, which is, is positive. Uh, what we're seeing in terms of how the market is broken up, we're seeing uh, the kind of entry in mid-tier, is doing incredibly well, and that's no surprise. You know, we saw a big spike, for example, when the COVID safe app came out. There was a massive sales surge on the on the back of that. 
The other thing that's really interesting is the premium end and the ultra premium. So $1,500 and above is actually growing incredibly well. Where, where there's a softness, if you call it that, is around that $1,000 to $1,500. And that historically that price point where people were either getting smartphones included in their plan two, three years ago. So it's that kind of S-series. And the S-series numbers are okay, but obviously they're, they've taken a bit of a hit. Everything else has actually grown. But as I said, the entry level and the premium level have grown. And how, how we read into that, I think entry speaks for itself in terms of value and people looking for value and some incredibly well-spec products at those price points now, particularly our A-series is doing amazingly well. Uh, but also when you look at note, our note sales are ahead of where we were this time last year, so note 20. And that is, that's telling us that customers, and even S20 Ultra, S20 Ultra, we still can't forecast correctly for that. The demand is still far exceeding the, the supply. Okay. So it's telling us that customers are more dependent on technology. We've become experts in our own world as to what we require from technology. And our role at Samsung is to make sure that the technology is intuitive and it works around you rather than the, the other way around. I think people have started to realize that te technology isn't scary. They're starting to understand the closed ecosystem versus an open ecosystem. And, uh, and as such, they you know what they require. And Samsung has definitely moved up in a consideration set, which is very exciting for us. I guess, too, that we, we're, we're now working remotely and, and having a device that helps you do that, I guess, is plays plays into that into that category where people need to make do with working, making the most of where they are. And I guess a device like the Fold 2 would would help achieve that. But Samsung, obviously, you, you're, you're all in on the folding devices. Uh, you've got the Fold 2, also the Z Flip 5G so mm -hmm. is this the dawn of a new era for customers, the folding device? Oh, they've been, you've been, been around for a little while. Have they caught on in the market? Are people really receptive to this new type of technology? They, they really are, yeah. And I think it's, when you're creating a new category, uh, there's always a level of scepticism that exists. And that, that's entirely it's human nature to say, well, it's, it's nice, it's kind of interesting, but I don't think it's for me. Now people are, are realizing that the interest levels are, are a lot higher. And what we're doing to respond to that is we're going to allow this device to get in more Australian's hands. We're going to, you'll see a lot more of them popping up in retail stores. Keep in mind, uh, our rollout was fairly limited in scale, both with uh, Fold and even with the, the Z Flip. So we're going to make sure that more Australians can get their hands on these products and actually understand what the what the benefit is and why it is for them. It's that ability to to multitask. It's the ability to protect the screen in a way that you, you never had before. And we're all we're looking for one device rather than two. This idea of convergence is really upon us as well. And the full two is obviously it's an amazing handset. And I'm guessing, and I look at my use today on the original Fold, 30% of the time, I'd say I use it completely closed. 70% I open it. I think with the new big screen on the front, it's probably going to be neither 50-50 in terms of having the device closed versus having it open. So make no mistake, for Samsung, this category is not going to go away. We are going to continue to, to innovate and develop this category, and you will see that over the coming months and years. 
Uh, I also noticed too that you, you did mention that in, in every category of device that you guys have is you have a 5G device too. So is is the market also ready for 5G? I know that uh, your opposition, the, your Cal- the Californian mobile phone company, let's call them, they're coming up with their first 5G <laughs> device this year. Does that, does that sort of, I think for customers, that's going to kind of validate that 5G is a thing. You guys have been at it for a little while and have a, a 5G device in every every phone category now. Yeah, absolutely right. And it's, it's very deliberate. And I think, I know there's a lot of uh, people questioning 5G and like we've not, the user cases are still being built out. We've got some very exciting ones coming up. But actually 5G adoption and growth at this moment in time is faster than what we had with 4G or 3G. So 5G adoption in Australia is actually uh, more, more accepted and it's growing at a faster rate. So for us, we, we, Focus on working with uh, with the carriers in particular to make sure that your 5G experience it hugs the network. The products hug the network, whether it's an A series, it's the A71, or it's all the way through to the, the Z series and the flagship series. That these products are optimised for the Australian market. So yeah, 5G for us is absolutely critical because again, I think people are just starting to realise the benefits of that increased bandwidth and the benefits of the fantastic networks that we have here and making sure you have a device that's optimised for it. And speaking of being optimised, having a device like the Fold 2 really opens up a lot of possibilities in terms of, yes, it's great for productivity, but also I'm really keen to see what the gaming opportunities are on that big screen and and the entertainment options. Imagine being able to, when we're able to fly again, it's a perfect companion for travel. So watching watching content and playing games, I think it'd be uh, attractive to a lot of users too. You're absolutely right. I think you hit the nail on the head in that gaming is where I think first big use case or proof point around 5G is really going to come to the fore. And having a 7.6-inch screen and 120 hertz refresh on there as well, these devices are now optimized for gaming. They're the ultimate in productivity, but also in play. We've got decks in here too, and I think there's, there's a big movement, and it's a quiet movement, but it will start to IT managers across Australia are starting to realize that I'm hearing stories of some people have gone back to working in old PCs, some people are being given new laptops, and in actual fact, all you need is a monitor and a keyboard and all the power, all the processing power is sitting in the smartphone. So I think there's still a big shift that's going to happen in Australia in the coming months and years. Definitely. I'm a big fan of Dex. Uh, I've, I've said that in my reviews, and I look forward to getting hold of the new Samsung Galaxy Fold 2. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for talking to us, Gary. Thank you so much, Steve. Really appreciate it. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Well, privacy is a big deal, and it's something that Apple is very much focused on. They really pride themselves on privacy, the fact that their customers, whether they're using iPhones or iPads or iMacs, and in this instance, iPhone is probably the best example to talk about. They pride themselves on privacy and how you can rest assured that the data that's important to you, even your location and all those important factors, are kept private. And not even, not even Apple knows about this. Uh, so this has been something that Apple's been focusing on for quite a while because unlike other other 
tech tech companies like Google in particular, Facebook, they collect all kinds of data because they on-sell that information to advertisers. Now, Apple uh, have, have come out and said that they never, ever sell their customer data. So there are, there is reason for them to protect their customers' identities, uh, not associating, associating their identities with their location, also protecting their important financial information, even when making Apple Pay payments, all these things. And what Apple's done, it's, it's quite a funny video they've created. This, this, it's, a, it's a video called Privacy, uh, That's iPhone, and they've, they've called this video Oversharing. Now, this is a, a humorous video. Like, privacy is no laughing matter. But what they've done here is they've, they've created this tongue-in-cheek video that shows just why data privacy is so important. So what you see in the video are people in public situations just blurting out private information that they would never normally share with the world. So it does at the end of the video the payoff is that we all you do you there's a lot of sensitive information you wouldn't go telling everyone about this that data is personal just to you. And the, the privacy according to their Apple the Apple CEO Tim Cook he wants to describe privacy as a fundamental human right. So it's 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 in their best interest to maintain that and build privacy into their products. And it doesn't unlike other companies as I said they don't build Apple doesn't build detailed profiles of its customers or monetize their user data. So they don't on sell that to advertisers. There's no reason to do that. So in the video there are a number of situations where it does illustrate that fact. It opens up with a, a, a gentleman on a on a bus and he blurts out, I browsed eight sites for divorce attorneys. So everyone's looking around and that video showcases the fact that Safari, the browser, prevents tracking to stop advertisers following you from site to site. Now, if you've ever searched for any kind of item, say you search for a telescope, you'll find that that search will follow you to Facebook, to Google, everywhere you go, that'll follow. So that's to illustrate the fact that Safari has got your back is going to prevent that tracking. Uh, in, an, in, another, in another part of the video, uh, another scene, a woman announces, my house is within 1,000 feet to anyone who wants to listen. Now, this is in reference to Apple Maps, which doesn't associate your data with your Apple ID. So it doesn't keep a history of where you've been and doesn't associate you with your location that you've requested on Apple Maps. There's another scene that shows women in an office shouting out loud what they would normally write in an iMessage, including the emoji. So they're saying, hi there, uh, happy emoji, I can't stand this guy, and the guy's behind them hearing them. So the point of that is that Apple's iMessage uh, is encrypted. So it's end-to-end encryption. So Apple is unable to read your messages while they are being sent uh, that's only only known to you and the person you're chatting with. There's a couple of references too to Apple Pay in the video. The first instance sees a woman, a woman with, a, with a megaphone, like a, a, a megahorn, announcing her credit card number. So she's in the middle of this public square saying, my credit card number is this, and she starts reading out a number. There is also another woman telling a waitress in a restaurant, I just purchased prenatal vitamins and a pregnancy test. So the background here is the fact that your credit card and debit card numbers are hidden from Apple. And Apple doesn't keep any transaction information that can be tied back to you. So... Uh, Wallet with wallet and Apple Pay, Apple will never know what you've bought and they also won't know where you bought it or how much you paid for it. 
one last one. There's a man announcing his heart rate to those around him. And it's funny because he's, his heart rate's quite elevated. Then he looks at this woman and then his heart rate suddenly drops. So I don't know. That's like a bit of a veiled insult there. But that's to show the fact that the health app encrypts your information and data and users are in complete control of who can see that. So you can, for example, share that data with your doctor if they require it. But Apple will never, ever see it. So all of Apple's privacy features are behind very strong security to begin with, like your password, fingerprint, face ID. So people, the point is people can rest assured their data is safe on their iPhones. Apple won't monetize your data they will not. You know, they will not access your data. See anything that you share. It is all your data. If you want to see that video, it's quite funny. It's only about a minute long, so it won't take too long. If you want to check the video out and also to see our story, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Next up is our celebrity tech chat, and uh, thank you for all the feedback we had. We spoke to South Sydney Captain Adam Reynolds last week. There was a lot of positive feedback. Uh, they did like the concept of the interview. Uh, the interview concept is, well, it's called Celebrity Tech. We talk to people in the media, sport, entertainment, politics, I think we'll include, about uh, these people and their relationship with technology, how they use it in their professional life, in their personal life, social media, all different aspects their relationship to technology. This week, I'm excited to bring you a, uh, a a great guest. She is a very talented journalist and presenter from on Channel Nine. You can also hear her every day on Two GB on the afternoon show. And I'm talking, of course, about Deborah Knight. And I'm actually on her show every Wednesday. I'm her tech expert. We do our our segment on at one thirty every Wednesday Sydney time. So that goes to Sydney and Brisbane. Uh, tune in for that every week if you want. But uh, she she's uh it's great being on her program and i thought i'll turn the tables and get her on our program and ask her about her relationship with technology how she uses it in her in her working life she's also a mum she's got three kids so she's got uh she she talks about how the technology is used and the rules in the in the night household around the usage of technology and all the smart products she uses in her life speakers apple watches you name it we talk about it so here she is deborah knight Deb, thanks for joining me. I feel there's a bit of a role reversal here. Normally, I'm on your show every week. Uh, it's it's my pleasure to be on your on the afternoon show on Two GB. But we're now you're on uh, on Tech Guide. Welcome. Well, thank you. I'm a bit nervous. Don't ask me any hard questions today. Goodness me! <laughs> oh no, no, we're going to take it easy on you. Well, it's all it's all about technology in our lives, and that, I talk about technology obviously on your show. Uh, and I, I just wanted to ask you though, how how does it play in your life? First of all, are are you kind of the are you the IT point person in your family, for example? Are you the person who, if the Wi-Fi is not working, is that your job to fix it up or how does it work in your household? Yeah, I'm sort of the, the point where I will ring the um, you know, EBN provider or I'll, I'll kind of get in contact. But when it gets to the nitty-gritty of having to actually do it, I tend to handball it to either my husband or to my 11-year-old son who is very tech-savvy. And I think I'm not alone that, you know, if you've got a – a preteen or a teenager in your house often they can solve a lot of the issues better than you can. Yeah, but yeah, abso- I'm, absolutely. I'm kind of getting there. I do have a paper diary, so you know I am a bit of a luddite. 
Okay. Which, um, you, know, you might shake your head at nonetheless. No, no, that's all good. I, I like hearing about these little habits that people like to stick with. That's fine. I still read books. I, I like reading books with pages, printed pages. So we're, yeah, each good. to their own, I reckon. But now on, you're you're a really busy person, of course. You're you're on you're on two GB. You're on Channel Nine. So professionally, I'd imagine technology would be something that would help you in your job, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's changed the job so much too. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago when we would do television interviews, you would never put to air quality that wasn't, you know, top-notch camera, the best camera getting the interview. Now there's Zoom interviews, there's people, you know, at home in their, on their smartphone doing interviews and no one really blinks an eyelid. So it's, it's interesting how under COVID we've kind of accepted lesser Quality in terms of the uh, the amount of pictures that we put to air, but your technology has meant that we can do that. You know, it wouldn't be without technology that we'd be able to achieve that. So yeah, it's so essential for me for my everyday life. You know, just in terms of for my working life, in terms of interviewing people, getting access to their contacts, and just getting the information. I rely on social media to some degree to get the first heads up often when news breaks and that is largely because of technology so yeah, absolutely. yeah well, I, I depend on it that's a great segue I was going to ask you like social media is obviously very important for all journalists but in, in particular uh for you, you, as you mentioned, finding out things, but how are you? How active are you on social media? Are you a, like a, a regular tweeter, or do you, are you on Instagram? Like, what, what's your go-to yeah. social media? Well, I'm I'm on social, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, and I use Facebook sort of with my family, to be honest, with my mum and, and my direct family to keep in contact with um, with that photos, and even with school friends, I use rely on Facebook. But um, yeah, Instagram and Twitter, I use a lot, and. Um, but I also loathe it. You know, I, I, Twitter I depend on for my job, but I just can't stand the the venom and the the, the sort of trolling that takes place. Yeah. Which I think it's kind of that's really ramped up recently in, in recent years. So that side of it I, I detest, but I depend on it to do my job, and I need it to get information out there and also to obtain information. So it's sort of a, a professional tool. But it can be used as a as a sledgehammer against you in a really negative way. Yeah, have you have you ever had any any kind of online incident where someone's trolled you or commented or something? Oh yes, all the time, and I I quite I, I've taken a great pleasure in using the block and uh, report <laughs> buttons very extensively on Twitter, and you know I just sort of you know you've got to develop a thick skin when you're in the public eye, and so you know that's that goes with a job, but. I just sort of think I've got no time for that, and I just block, 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 and um, and report, 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 and hope that they get shut down if they're yeah. being really nasty. So yeah. Okay, you mentioned your eleven-year-old. How he's pretty tech savvy. Uh, how how how? Uh, what are the rules in the night household in terms of like use of devices? Uh, is it, is it an open policy? Are there screen restrictions? No, how does it work? Yeah, there's real boundaries because okay. we sort of you know if he had the opportunity, I think he'd sit on it all day long. So. Yeah, we sort of have a limit of um, they can watch a show in the afternoon when I'm getting dinner ready. So it's five o'clock. The kids know they 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 clock watch. They're like, it's five o'clock. We can watch a show. Oh, so right. I let them watch a show oh. um, at five o'clock until dinner's ready, and then it goes off. And then um, yeah, we do you know on weekends we let them have a bit more screen time as well, but very much limited to you know thirty minutes. You got your thirty minutes now, and then that's up. But I I've, I've taken up your advice and I've set up the uh, the, the re- restrictions on we use a lot of Apple products so we set up yeah. restrictions where it's the machine telling them to get off not me 
Okay. So that's been a blessing. <laughs> blame the phone. Don't blame yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned you, you're you're an Apple your Apple user. So you you use yourself. I know you use an iPhone. You have an Apple yeah. Watch as well. You got an Apple Watch also. I do. I've got an Apple Watch. Yeah, and an iPhone. Um, yeah, and and we sort of I don't sort of use the iPhone uh, the, the Apple Watch with all the steps that much. You know, I don't sort of track my movement, you know, which I know a lot of people do do that. I just sort of use it as a way of giving me alerts if I don't have the phone on me. Um, yeah, and seeing who's calling you and that. stuff like that. Yeah, I, I like yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. And, I, yeah, we've got sort of, um, I, I guess, once you sort of use a lot of those products, all the apps are on the phone. But, yeah, I like the Samsung products too because they're fantastic. So I know you've talked a lot about them yes. to me. But, yeah, I'm not sort of. I'm not religiously one way or the other. I know okay. some people are. <laughs> and what about your kids? Do they have their own tablets? Have they got? They might be a bit young for phones, are they? Although your your eldest no, might be they're a bit close. young. Yeah. yeah, my my eleven year old's trying, and he's starting to sort of. He'll be in high school next year, and we've sort of said to him, high school is when we will um, look at that. When you'll, you know, that's that's yep. been kicked kick that can down the road to high school, and then yeah, they've got um, they've got iPads which. We've, we've relented and there are three iPads in the house and um, I guess to stop arguments more than anything because they tend to like to watch their individual shows rather than when I was a kid, you'd sit around, sit around and watch the TV together. So, yeah, that's the, uh, so the way you, of the uh, modern it, watching. It sounds like your kids are online a fair bit. Have you kind of taught them? Have you sort of taught them the sort of the stranger danger version in this, of the 21st century? You know, Definitely, have you, have you, yeah. Have you had that Yeah, chat we've with had them? those conversations, definitely. And they, they learn it at school too. They do yeah. learn online safety. But, yeah, we, we definitely have kind of spelled out to them just to be careful of people who pretend that they're someone that they're not. And they're even to the point where they've started doing a, a bit of TikToking, oh. and they they now won't even wear their school uniforms or anything like that, anything to identify them. They're pretty savvy about that. They're like, I just want to make a TikTok. I'll just go and get changed so I don't have my oh. school uniform on. Oh, that's so right. yeah, they're they're pretty proactive in that regard, which is great. Oh, that's excellent. Now, have you got any any favourite apps that you use? Have you got anything that's your kind of your go to app on your device that's handy that you you enjoy using? Oh look, mine are the boring ones. I sort of use the um, the banking apps a lot on yeah. on my. They're iPhone not boring. That's where your money is. That's not boring. Well, I know <laughs> the practical ones, more of the practical ones. But there's a really fun like I've got so many kids apps, games, and things on my phone. Which you know, when the kids were little, they would like you know, if if you're in the car on a long trip, I'd let them kind of have a bit of a play on the phone. But there's one called Feed the Head. Feed yeah. the head, okay. which is like a very simple, weird little kids one where you just sort of there's a, an actual head that you put items of food into the mouth and it turns into other things. Have oh. a look at it; it's hilarious wow. and it's just really kind of a little bit out there, but um, and not sort of blaring lights and and you know it's just quite simple and okay. quite calming and that's quite oh. kind of cool. What about the uh, your house? Have you got any like what's have you got like a nice new modern TV? Have you got like smart products? How how's the the night household? What does that look like? Well, we've got a smart TV. Yeah, we've got a, a but it's not a not a really big one. I think the sort of trend in some degrees that people are not having those massive TVs as much because you do tend to watch on your individual devices yeah. a bit more. But yeah, we've got a smart TV. We don't have um, any any other sort of Siri or we've got you know smart speakers at home that we yep. use to listen to music quite a bit. Okay. Um, yeah, and that's, I, I think that's kind of, you know, and, okay. and just a decent NBN, you know, just to kind of power all of that stuff. Fair enough. Do you, so you don't have a device that you can control with your smartphone, like a smart light or a security no, camera? You haven't don't. got security cameras? 
No, we don't. We okay. don't. We're we're it's starting that process though, and we, we also want to get a um, in car, um, you know, device so that is yeah, yep. dash cam to get that all sorted because we idea. reckon that's a really smart way to operate. Definitely. Well, I appreciate you talking to me, Deb. Uh, I'll see you in the studio this week sometime. Uh, and, you fix uh, all about problems. You always do. Well, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> My, the difference now, though, is that I'm, I'm, unlike you, I'm not going to give you any homework, though. You, you, you're oh, f- free. <laughs> you're you're okay. Good. You do love giving me a bit of homework, <laughs> which I love too. I really enjoy coming on your show. And I thank you so much for coming on to my show. really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks, Stephen. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. There's been a rapid increase in cybercrime with constant data breaches, online scams and ransomware, just to name a few. Norton's all-in-one cyber safety solution, Norton 360 Premium, now comes with dark web monitoring, which is powered by LifeLock, which helps I notify you if your personal information is discovered on the dark web. It also includes device security and secure VPN with bank-grade encryption to help keep you private online, plus a password manager, PC safe cam, and much more. With Norton's award-winning security and globally trusted protection across 50 million customers, rest assured Norton 360 Premium with dark web monitoring is the all-in-one protection for your devices and data. Norton 360 Premium is available now at leading retailers. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. We've got a couple of uh, pairs of wire-free earphones. We're going to kick off with the Samsung Galaxy Buds Live. Now, the last thing these look like are earphones. The, these are brand new. They they were released at the same time as the Galaxy Note 20. And these are they're not your typical earphones. They do they are they still sound great, but they're more they've got more in common in terms of design with a bean. They look like little beans. They they should have called it the Galaxy Buds Bean or Beans Live. It, they don't look anything like earphones, and by that I mean there's no, there's no, there's nothing that goes in your ear canal. So when when you wear these, it sits across the ga- the space in your ear above where your ear canal is, and what happens? The speaker is then angled so that it directs the the audio, the sound, into your ear. So that that's the concept behind them, and in terms of fitting them in, you kind of put them in twist them into place like you would a normal pair of earphones, but these rest on the outside. Take a little bit of adjustment to so that you're confident they're not going to fall out, but they do come with little winglets. So if you do want to make them feel a bit more secure, you can do that. So the whole idea is not having anything in your ear, which some some other earphones, when you're sticking something in your ear canal, it's what it creates what I call the earplug effect. You know, when you've got earplugs in and you can hear your footsteps and every single noise is kind of amplified through your head, uh, these don't have that problem. They have uh, they have that design so that they are uh, less intrusive but still give you that great audio quality. And because of that different design, there's more room on board. So you get a larger speaker. There's a 12-millimeter driver on board here, and the sound is directed, or directed right into your ears. Uh, so... Secure, they're secure enough for you once you fit them properly. They're secure enough to walk, run. I use them in the gym. And the other thing about them too is they're discreet. You put them in your ear and you can hardly see them. 
So that, that's 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 really good for those who don't want to have things sticking out of their ears. They don't want that, that to be. They don't want people to notice that. Uh, I, they were so discreet, in fact, that I now use them on my weekly Sky News tech segment every Saturday. If you want to tune in at eight twenty a.m. Sydney time on Sky News, I have a weekly tech chat with Janie Seal, the host. And what how it is now is that oh, I'm not going in the studio because of COVID. I, uh, I do it over Skype. And the procedure with Sky is that I wear my earphones. So they call me uh, and then I have that on my, I have my earphones on. So that is their audio channel to me. That's my earpiece. So I can hear the questions from Janie Seal and all her comments. And then my audio goes through my external microphone, which is located on a boom arm above my head out of frame. And that provides my audio. And I've got a camera, a proper DSLR camera that's also providing the video. So, I like the fact that they are, and there's a picture of me on on Sky News for you to see. You can hardly tell they're in my ears. If you were, if you're just looking at me, you probably wouldn't. You, you can't really tell that I'm wearing anything. Unlike the, I used to wear AirPods, which are white and bright and just stick out. You can tell I'm wearing those. But in this instance, and I've actually the the photo I've shown, I'm actually turning my head slightly to the side so you can just see them in my ear. If you weren't looking for them, you probably would have noticed them. So that's that's another another plus for the Galaxy Buds Live. Uh, now, in terms of audio quality, you got to remember too; these are also offer active noise cancellation, so uh, they can reduce the outside ambient noise. Despite not having that seal of something in your ear, they still provide a decent active noise cancellation. Not the best we've heard, but still pretty good, considering the open design. Uh, audio. Uh, the other audio quality we want to talk about is actually music, and it, it, it does provide really crisp detail, really nice bass. The bass actually is supplied by a dedicated duct from the speaker, so that does give you that added punch uh, for your audio quality. But just on the open design, though, one word of warning. If you're in a, like a particularly quiet environment and you're blaring your music, your music is probably going to be heard by the, even if it's not, even if it's not up too loud. You, you probably someone can hear your music or might be able to hear your phone call even if in that situation. I'll give you the example for me. Uh, whenever I'm on Sky and I've got these connected to my phone, I have to turn these down because the background audio that I'm hearing before my segment can be heard through my external microphone. So I've actually got to turn the volume of these down quite a bit so that it, it can't be picked up by the microphone. If you're in a noisy situation, no one's going to hear anything. But in this, in this instance, and people might be in a quiet room, in an office, whatever, you just something to keep in mind. This open design, it could result in people hearing your conversation, hearing what you're listening to, hearing your music, just, just something, not a deal breaker, just something you really need to think about. Uh, so... Again, audio quality, superb. You know what else is also good? Call quality. On the phone, it was, it was, we were told, wow, that sounds really clear. And I've, I've even done radio interviews wearing the Galaxy Buds Live because what, what they've got, they've got actually a voice pickup unit, can you believe? So what this actually does, it senses that when your jaw is moving. So it goes, hang on, Steve's jaw's moving. He must be talking. Or I'm not singing along with the music. So when it's a call situation, my jaw's moving. Oh, hang on! It 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 uses it, it enhances the sound quality, so it picks up your voice even clearer. And the result is, uh, people have commented, "Yeah, wow, that's really clear." The the audio. Uh, so call quality, big tick there. Now, here's something I don't like though: the outside of the earbuds are touch sensitive. So that's not uncommon. 
A lot of earphones have that touch sensitivity. In fact, the Sennheisers I'm talking about next have that. But in this instance, the Samsung Galaxy Buds Live touch controls, which allow you to navigate your music, tap to pause, double tap to, to the next one, triple tap to go back. It is so sensitive. If you Even if you just adjust your earphone on the side, whoop, your, your music's paused or you've just skipped ahead 15 seconds in a podcast or an audio book and you've got to go back again. So be very careful how you touch them. Again, really sensitive. They need to dial that sensitivity down. We found ourselves pausing our music just because I, I scratched my ear uh, or tried to adjust my earphone and it did pause everything. So that's something, another thing to keep in mind. Uh, battery life, you're looking at about six hours on their own, and the case then provides another 21 hours in total. Uh, and the case, I've got to say, one of the smallest I've seen. It's, it's really small, so really easy to fit in your pocket to take anywhere you want. The Galaxy Buds Live available now in Mystic Bronze, Mystic Black, and Mystic White, priced at 319 bucks. And uh, if you want to read our complete review, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Okay, on to our other earphone review. And these are, these are totally different. The Sennheiser, uh, these are the CX400BT, and these do look like earphones. And damn good ones as well. Uh, Sennheiser is a fantastic brand, 75-year-old company. So they, they know what they're doing in audio. And knowing their technology is on board, you can rest assured you're getting decent quality. Now, in this instance, the CX400BT is more their mid-range wireless earphone. So these aren't the full-on noise-canceling, does-everything earphone. For that, you need to be spending $500 for the Momentum True Wireless 2 Head earphones, they're four ninety nine ninety five. These are two ninety nine ninety five, so two hundred dollars cheaper. But basically, what they are is the Momentum True Wireless Two without the noise cancellation and a couple other features. But they are using the same drivers that are in the more expensive. So the music quality, the audio quality you're getting, is the same as you would on the Momentum True Wireless minus the noise cancellation. Noise cancellation can add to the quality because it reduces all that ambient sound and audio quality just is a little bit crisper, a little bit clearer. In this instance, no active noise cancellation, but there is passive noise cancellation, and that comes through the the connection, the silicon tip in your ear, seals it up a little bit, and that, that kind of reduces the ambient sound so you can hear your audio. Now, one thing that really stood out for us, these aren't the smallest earphones in the world. I'm thinking, wow, they're a little bit on the large side. Not huge, not the biggest we've seen, but not the smallest either. But what really surprised me was how comfortable they were. They fit in my ear, really secure, really tight, and really comfortable. It's like I forgot I was even wearing them after a little while. So um, that was a big tick for me. The passive noise cancellation then helps with the audio quality, yet not not sealed enough for you not to hear the outside world. So if you're near a busy road or walking, running, you can still hear that. Uh, it's not totally blocked off. So it was a nice balance of the active active noise cancellation and you can hear a little bit of sound outside. So clear, clear on both sides there. Uh, Call-wise too, very clear. Our callers were loud and clear. We were heard very clearly. So no issue there. Uh, but... It's all about, though, the audio quality here. And, and you, you remember, this is a Sennheiser pair of earphones. So what Sennheiser does, the character of their audio quality is what I really respect. And 
These are 7mm dynamic drivers. So it's not all about size. The Samsungs have a 12mm. This is different. It's not like you can't compare size doesn't equal quality. Now, in this instance, 7mm dynamic driver. So there's a bit of, a bit of uh, technology under the hood here. But what I find I found was a really refined sound, lovely clarity, bass where it was needed, complements the hi-fi sound here. So rather than, you know, some earphones really just pump up the bass for no reason. They just, it's like, it's like painting a moustache on the Mona Lisa, you know, it's just not necessary. When it's needed, sure, ramp it up. But if the artist doesn't ramp up the bass on their own and you're just doing it just for the sake of it, then that's not the customer, the Sennheiser customer, that you won't get them. The Sennheiser customers after true representation of what the artist intended. So they don't want this artificial bass there. When there is bass to hear, you'll hear it. And and the example I give is I started off listening to a jazz song. Or the Crusaders are a very famous jazz band. There's one song in particular called Spiral that is so many instruments, you can easily count off the number of instruments you can hear. But then I turned around and played The Plan by Travis Scott from the Tenet soundtrack. Great movie. Don't ask me to explain it to you, though. But the soundtrack was magnificent. Now, this particular song, The Plan, very heavy bass. And I heard that solid bass where the song requires it, not just for the sake of it. So it, the, the bottom line is Sennheiser, the CX400 BTs in this case, they stay true to what the mus- musician wants you to hear, how they want you to hear their music. It's not like some other brands that just pump up the bass because they can, and that's because some customers want that. This is for the customer who wants to hear what the artist wants them to hear in the way they want them to hear it. So if you're real, uh, if you're sort of into your audio, really love your music and want to hear it how the artist intended, then these I very highly recommend the Sennheiser brand right there. Uh, that comes also with a companion app too. I really like the fact that the smart control app lets you dive a little bit deeper into the, the sound. You can tweak it a little bit. doesn't do much. You can sort of adjust the bass a little bit, adjust the treble a little bit doesn't change the character of the sound uh, but does give you that that option you can also remap all the touch controls now the touch sensitive controls are perfectly weighted uh, you got to give it a decent press to pause it if you just brush against it you're not going to pause it not like the samsung's you just brush against it and you pause your music these are a little bit more deliberate uh, and not too sensitive and you can remap what the, each button does for example if you want to have uh, your a double tap on your right earbud to turn the volume down you can program that you can select the desired function for each of them so still very easy to navigate your tracks but that companion app gives you a bit more a bit more uh, control over what you want those controls to do so you can remap all those touch controls uh, look these these are a terrific pair of earphones and at a great price these are really punching above their weight in terms of audio quality similarly priced earphones Phones, why for you phones would not be as good in terms of audio quality as what you got here. The CX400 BT also have a very impressive seven hours of playback time, which is very impressive. Uh, and then the case adds up to another 20 hours. And again, the case, pretty small, easy to fit in your pocket. Uh, so the CX400 BTs available from next week, and they're priced at $299.95. The Sennheiser CX400 BT wireless earphones. If you want to read more about that, our complete review is at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. 
Well, eBay is turning 21 this year. Can you believe it? eBay founded in 1999. So a year before the Olympics. So at that time in Australia, uh, we'd just won the Cricket World Cup. Uh, Pokemon was a big thing too in 99. And we were prepping for the Sydney Olympics the following year. Uh, so 21 uh, eBay in Australia. Uh, eBay's been around longer in the US, so the worldwide uh, the worldwide site, well, the US site started a few years before that, but kicked off in Australia in 1999. And to celebrate too, they're offering 21% off thousands of eBay Plus items. So if you're a member of eBay Plus, costs a few bucks a year, you get uh, special access to sales and free shipping on a lot of items, special bonuses there. So 21% off if you uh, are an eBay Plus customer until September 12. So get into that. But the the it's been a huge success though here in Australia. Since eBay launched in 99, Australians have spent more than $2.5 billion hours browsing listings and we're talking about things everyday Australians are selling secondhand stuff and even now Australia's top retailers operate on eBay Uh, in fact here are some stats eBay sells eight car parts one mobile phone 13 items of women's clothing two pieces of furniture three watches and six kitchen items every minute wow and also, there's some, been some pretty remarkable sales over the year in terms of items that have been sold. Uh, some of the most expensive items, the top three most expensive items sold on the Australian site, $300,000 for a Victorian number plate. The number plate was L-R-L-1-V-L-R-G, which is short for Live Large. 300000 Wow. The next most expensive was a an Admars PK Royal Oak Offshore Watch in rose gold. I hope I've pronounced that right. That sold for $110,000. Pretty good. Uh, the other, the next most expensive, one hundred and seven point five thousand. So one hundred seven thousand five hundred is a marina mooring for a twelve meter berth yacht. So that's pretty good. But also, too, over the years, things have, uh, depending on what's happening, things surge on eBay. So it's a bit of a barometer for our cultural moments as well. For example, in 2006, sales of Socceroo items surged by 20,000% when Australia qualified for the FIFA World Cup. In 2008, a Perth resident, Ian Usher, made international headlines by selling his entire life, including his house, job, car, and friends, on eBay. He got 420000 So I wonder how much of that went to his friends. In 2016, the appointment of the American president inspired a sales increase of Donald Trump items by 72,000%. But even uh, more seriously, in 2020, when we're in, we went into lockdown, COVID totally changed how we are working from home and doing everything. So what happened? eBay recorded record sales in cleaning products, went up by 1,600%. Jigsaw puzzles went up by 787%. And strength training equipment went up 906% because you can't can't go to the gym, so you've got to create your own at home. So really interesting there eBay, a true barometer for our lives, but also to 21 years, it's come a long way. In fact, the the mobile app was one of the very first shopping apps ever offered 
in the App Store, and still to this day, 70% of eBay shoppers are now using their mobile devices. So that's 70% of their traffic comes to from the mobile. And in fact, the traffic is 11 million unique visitors per month and, more, and supporting more than 40,000 retailers. And they also support local retailers, of course. You can access more than 1.5 billion global listings worldwide, but they do support local businesses. In fact, they just launched a partnership with Australian Made to help local manufacturers to grow their businesses online at a time when businesses needed, need all the help they can get. Uh, and since 99, eBay Australia has seen 4,863 millionaires. That's how many sellers have exceeded $1 million in sales. So eBay still going strong, 21 years after launching here in Australia. If you want to read those stats and check out that whole story, you'll find that at techguide.com.au. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Well, is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, your work, gaming, video calling and more? Well, what about when all that's happening at once? When you're connected to the world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling, and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Tech Guide Help Desk today, uh, a quick one. It's from a reader who emailed me saying, look, I can't, man- I can't pair my AM radio to my earphones. So the issue is, this person emailed me asking, they wanted to be able to pair their AM radio to their earphones and my suggestion is look am am fm radio they don't really have bluetooth you need bluetooth but do you have a phone and the gentleman said yes i do have a phone so i said well you know what your phone is your radio so all you need to do is download the tune in app then connect your earphones to your phone and problem solved you can listen to your phone you listen to the radio on your phone, so that becomes your radio. So it, all, all you need, instead of having AM, FM reception, all you need is just cellular reception or Wi-Fi if you're under Wi-Fi. Uh, and even if you listen to a lot of radio, it doesn't matter. It doesn't use that much data. Like our data plans have got so much data included. So that's not an issue as well. And I think I solved the problem because I, I don't think he realized that there was an app the tune-in app that you can listen to your phone. He was so embedded to having an AM, FM radio, wanted to put it, wanted to hear it quietly, uh, wirelessly with his Bluetooth earphones. But uh, I, I did, uh, I did uh, let him know that hey, you got a phone that does everything, including being your radio.
Uh, that is our show for this week. Geez, that went quick. Everything we've talked about on the show, you can find at techguide.com.au. And we'd love for you to get in touch with us. Ask us a question. Info at techguide.com.au is the email address. Or click on the Ask Stephen icon on the Tech Guide homepage. That email will come through to me, and I will answer it as quickly as I can. We want to give a special thanks to to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.